One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. True Crime Podcast. I said Courtney. Did Eck. you forget? Yeah, totally forgot. Uh, I am Courtney Eck, as it turns out. And I'm Sadie Eck. And we're sisters, and we talk about true crime, specifically murder. Tonight is Sadie's night, and uh, let her take it from here, because I'm not prepared to speak to you people professionally mm-hmm. today. Nope. What are you covering tonight, Sadie? This is the murder of Linda Collins-Smith. Linda Collins was born on April 17, 1962, and was raised in the small town of Pocahontas, Arkansas, which is about an hour and a half northwest of Memphis, Tennessee. Cute. Linda came from a very poor family. Her parents owned a small home 10 miles down a dirt road, and Linda would later say that she didn't have running water until she was a teenager. Wow. She was raised in a strict Baptist home. Her religion was very important to her. After high school, she went to college and earned a master's degree in the field of business management. She became a realtor and married her first husband. They would have two kids together, their oldest son, Butch, and a daughter, Heather, who went by Tate. This relationship wouldn't last, and after Linda divorced the father of her kids, she married a man named Philip Smith in 1995 when she was 33 years old. Philip was an attorney and would soon become a judge after they were married. He took in Linda's young kids as his own, and the four of them became a close family. Linda was known as a real go-getter and a force to be reckoned with. She loved her family, and she loved to dance. Yeah! It wasn't uncommon to find her at a dance hall or club on the weekend doing her favorite line dance. (laughs) Who doesn't like a good line dance? I tried always, so hard when I was in high school. A country line dance, I'm assuming. We're in the <laughs> I assume so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They're not, yeah, there are other kinds of line dances, but I tried so hard to learn them in high school because everybody line danced. I mean, I, turns out Courtney Eck is not built. It's sort of like <laughs> doing math for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like those, that part of the part of the brain that's good at line dancing is also good at math, I'm convinced, because. Right. Yeah. Nope. They're like, it's the same mm-hmm. step over and over and over. It like, doesn't matter. No. Step nope. and rock and twirl your arm. <laughs> exactly. It's so hard. It's so hard. So hats mm-hmm. off to you line dancing champions because yes. it is not easy. 
In 2001, Linda and Philip bought a Days Inn in Pocahontas. They would also eventually buy another local motel, which they fixed up and made into a rock and roll themed motel, which yeah. became popular, <laughs> a popular stopping point for travelers. I love these people. Yeah. I kept thinking of Schitt's Creek, like totally. getting the rock and roll themed motel going. <laughs> she founded a tourism group for her county in Arkansas, hoping to draw more people and their money into the little rural spot in the state. After this, she found a passion for local politics and decided to run for office. In 2010, Linda ran for a seat in the Arkansas House of Representatives as a Democrat. After winning the election, she took her seat, and over the next few months, she realized that her political and religious beliefs aligned more closely with the Republican Party, so she switched her party affiliation. Interesting. That's so funny. I can't imagine, like... Just being like, wait a minute. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I don't know if, I'm not sure how much of that, if it, well, we're, we'll talk about it in a second, but at that time, the Democrat, it was a Democrat state. Yeah. And so Republicans had a harder time winning. Uh-huh. Um, but also for her to switch up the party affiliation is pretty much a death sentence politically. Yeah. So she must have really thought that she was more of a Democrat and then got in there and was like, oh no, I'm much more conservative. Yeah. And just wasn't willing to, like, pretend. Totally. Yeah. So she would later say that she saw what she saw in the Democratic Party upset her. She felt as if the party was much too liberal on social issues and she could no longer stand with them. Mm-hmm. So after serving two years in the House of Representatives, Linda ran for the state Senate in 2012 but lost that election. She tried again in 2014 and this time ran under a much more conservative platform. She was sure to let everyone know that she was a lifetime member of the National Rifle Association and was both pro-gun and pro-life. She promised to work to reduce government restrictions and regulations, which she believed hampered job creation, and she pledged to urge the state representatives in Washington, D.C. to work to repeal the Affordable Care Act. Ooh, boy. Mm-hmm. Despite running against the same Democrat she had lost to two years before, the political climate had changed enough that she managed to defeat her opponent easily this time by over 16 percentage points. Uh-huh. Which, think about that time. Yep. The Obama years. Obama. Yeah. Well, it changed a lot. Just how much shifted. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, I wasn't as, like, living in Portland, Oregon. I just wasn't prepared for that. I didn't, I don't know why, you know, just naive, I guess, but... Yeah, no, I really thought the country was fixed. <laughs> I did too. I was like, okay, well, like, if we can do this, we can do anything. And then yeah. I was wrong. Yeah, and I was like, ooh, got through that. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. We're just getting nope. started, guys. Turns yeah. Out. Turns yep. out it's not that easy to fix. No, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Hundreds of years of yeah. bullshit. Yeah. yeah, well, and it's like when our generation kind of woke up too. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, we should get involved. Oh, politics are happening. It's not just this thing that sort of hovers above us, you know, right? Yes, uh, completely out of really range. Matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that makes more sense. I could see her even back then being like, and maybe I'm a Democrat. Nope, definitely not that. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that we really had that much of a, it wasn't as much of an, an identifier back then right. as it is now. Right. And I think for people like Linda, I don't, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but she just seems like the type that was that super conservative stuff that started to come up, especially with in the Trump years. Yeah. Like she really was pulled to it. Yeah. It resonated with her. And um, I think it pulled her much 
further to the right than she was initially, which I, totally. I think happened to a lot of Americans. A right? lot of people, very much so. Or the opposite, yeah. but yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, very it was pol- definitely polarizing. polarizing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So once in the Senate, she introduced the super controversial bathroom bill, which would require people to use the public bathroom that corresponded to their biological sex listed on their original birth certificate. Oh, boy. Despite getting a ton of attention when it was introduced, this bill was never voted on. And it turned out that the bill was so unpopular with the people in Arkansas that it plagued her short stint in the Senate. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah, because I I mean, I think that even though Arkansas moved more to the right, it still has a a big base of Democrats, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to, it's still, you know, I wouldn't say it's a swing state, but you just still have to be careful. You can't just like go be in the super... Transphobic. They're like, we gave the world Bill Clinton, so right. <laughs> it's only so much, only so far right we can go, guys. Yeah, yeah. So when she ran for re-election, she lost very badly in the primary to a fellow Republican who ran against her. Wow. Um, I also read that she got on the wrong side of the governor at the time, mm-hmm. and the governor endorsed a different Republican in the primary, which kind of did her in. Got it. So in 2016, Linda and Philip filed for divorce, which would be finalized in 2018. After the divorce, the two ended up in a messy legal battle over to property disputes that were a result of the divorce. Mm-hmm. Despite her troubles, Linda's kids said their mom always had a way of bouncing back. She decided to find a job as a lobbyist in Washington, D.C. These positions can be very high paying and would also keep her in the world of politics, which she loved. Mm-hmm. She was excited to have more time to spend with her grandchildren. She was known as the fun grandma, the one who would go out of her way to take her grandkids on fun adventures and maybe spoil them along the way too. And there's a lot of video of her. She really is super charismatic. You know, oh, just sure. Like, Sorry, yeah, the, the, type. Trash, the trash is getting collected by my house. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's that type of person that you're just sort of drawn to and she has a way yep. of speaking and, you know, like a politician does, but... You could tell that she was super important to her family and they all really, really loved her a lot. Yep. And you know how much I love a Southern woman. I can't mm-hmm. get enough of the no. South and Southern women. Yeah. And she was like five foot tall. I just like picturing her out there boogieing on the dance floor. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. I can't get enough of them. Yep. Linda had also started dating a new man and was quickly falling for him. Tate and Butch said she was happy to be back home and was excited for her future. The last time they heard from their mom was at the end of May 2019. Linda had called her daughter to let her know that she was in Washington, D.C. for a job hunting trip and said the job interview she had just went on went well. They made plans to get together when she was back in town, but Tate never heard from her mom again. Mm. She said she texted her a few times but never got a response. She thought this was odd but knew her mom was busy, so didn't think much of it. But when a few more days passed with no response to her texts or calls, Tate became very worried. And so Tate lived like two hours away Mm -hmm. from Pocahontas, but her brother still lived in town. So it wasn't, you know, Tate, they didn't see each other super often, but they were in touch. Right. You know, every day. When a week passed with no word from Linda, Tate called her brother to see if he could check on their mom. He agreed and headed over to his mom's house. When he got there, he saw that her truck was in the driveway But when he knocked, she didn't come to the door. Her house was locked and Butch didn't have a key, but nothing seemed out of place, so he wasn't too worried and left. The next day, Tate was still worried, so she called her grandpa, Linda's dad, who did have a key to the house. 
She asked if he would stop by to check on her, and he agreed, and had Tate on the phone when he arrived at Linda's. Uh-huh. Once there, he noticed Linda's truck was unlocked, which was very unusual. Linda was known to be obsessive about keeping her vehicles locked at all times. He then walked around to the back door and found it was unlocked, so he went inside. Linda was in the middle of a house renovation at the time, so it was a mess, but first, nothing seemed out of the ordinary. He searched upstairs and called for Linda, but got no answer. When he finally went into the kitchen, he said that there was an odd stain on the kitchen floor. The stain was large, and he said it looked like tar. Hmm. When he described the stain to Tate, she said she could tell her grandpa knew something was very wrong, and that the stain was probably something much more sinister than tar. Oh, no. Tate called her brother and asked him to go to the house to be with her grandpa. It only took a few minutes for him to arrive, and he tried to reassure Tate by telling her the stain looked more like a coffee pot had spilled. They sent Tate a video of the stain, and she said she knew right away it was blood. Uh-huh. Her brother and grandpa said no, they really didn't want to believe Linda was in trouble. Oh, God. Since they couldn't find Linda, they decided to leave. On the way back to their cars, Butch said the wind shifted, and they could mm. both smell a terrible odor like an animal had died in the yard. Oh, God. Uh- they followed the smell to a tarp in the driveway that was covering some construction equipment. Butch leaned down to move a brick that was keeping the tarp down on the ground, and when he lifted it, he said a swarm of insects flew out mm-hmm. from under the tarp, and the Mm-mm. smell got much worse. Mm-mm. When he lifted the tarp further, he could see the body of his mother, 57-year-old Linda Collins-Smith. Oh, my God. Under a tarp no. in the driveway? In the driveway. <sighs> Linda was found lying face down with her arms above her head. She was wrapped in a comforter that Butch had picked out for himself when he went to college years ago. Oh, my God. It was clear she had been under the tarp for a while. Her remains were in terrible condition. That is devastating, finding your mother under Mm. a tarp in a driveway. I know. One that he'd been there the day before. Oh, my God. You know, like, didn't know she was there. Oh, God. Nope. Nope. She had been missing for about a week. Oh. Nope. When authorities arrived to investigate, it was clear that Linda had been murdered. An autopsy showed Linda suffered from multiple stab wounds resulting in her death. (sighs) When looking at the scene, detectives noticed that the security cameras Linda had installed around the house, outside and inside, had all been removed. Hmm. They also found a trail of broken plastic from a hair barrette that Linda was wearing. It led from the kitchen to the tarp where her body was found. Mm-hmm. Once inside, they found the large stain on the kitchen floor and were able to confirm it was blood and it belonged to Linda. It was clear whoever murdered Linda had tried to clean up the scene, but because her house was under renovation, the kitchen floor had been pulled up and at the time of her death, only plywood subfloors were in the kitchen. Uh-huh. So the blood from Linda's wounds had soaked into the floors, making it impossible to clean up. Uh-huh. There were no signs of forced entry and no signs of a robbery gone bad. It seemed as if Linda knew her killer and had willingly let them into her home that day. But police also knew that Linda was both a popular and controversial political figure in the state and could have had many enemies along the way. Yep. So detectives started by interviewing her friends and colleagues to piece together a timeline of her last days. When word spread that Linda had been murdered, Linda's best friends, Tim Loggins and Rebecca O'Donnell, had rushed to the scene to offer Linda's family support. Tim and Becky were engaged to be married and had been friends with Linda for a few years. 
Soon after meeting each other, Linda and Becky became fast friends, and Linda hired Becky to be her personal assistant and the manager of her hotel. Becky also helped manage one of Linda's campaigns when she ran for the Senate. During questioning, Becky was distraught and crying. She couldn't believe her best friend was gone. Becky told police that she had been the one to pick Linda up from the airport after her trip to Washington, D.C. She said the details of that day were fuzzy because she had lost her phone, but she knew Linda had come home on May 27th. On the way home from the airport, Linda had called Tim and said that she had a lot to, she wanted to talk to him about, but she was too tired, and they agreed to talk the next day after she had a good night's sleep. Listen, if it's not the husband, it's always the assistant. So my spidey tingles <laughs> are tingling. Yeah. <laughs> Becky said she dropped Linda off at her house and then went home. The next day, Linda had sent Becky a text asking her to bring her lunch. When Becky arrived with lunch, she said that Linda wanted to talk about what had happened the night before. Linda said her new boyfriend, Rendell Wallace, had come over, but Linda was upset because it took him four hours to respond to her texts, and he ended up coming over much later than planned. Mm-hmm. Becky said she and Linda started arguing because Becky told Linda that she shouldn't worry about it and was trying to take things too fast with Rendell. They had just started seeing each other, and there was no need to rush into things. Becky said Linda told her to stay out of her personal life, and so Becky left. She didn't see Linda again after that, but they had one more phone conversation later that day. Linda called and told Becky that she was planning to go to Rendell's that night. Becky was still mad and told Linda she wasn't supposed to get involved in Linda's private business and hung up on her boss. Uh-huh. <laughs> Been there and done that also. Yep, fair. You don't want my opinion? Yeah. You don't get to talk to me about Dude. it now. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. It's a, I'm notoriously the queen of unsolicited advice. I've gotten better at it over the years, I think. I've tried really hard, but yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's when, hard. When you can see it's some, hard. you know, like, yeah, I'm the type of person that I can see things for other people's lives so clearly. Right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I think Same. we all are that way, but it's like, yep. uh, duh, if you just do yeah. it my way, it'd be so much easier. Yeah. I'm like, I know how this story ends. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. People, people don't have to live their own stories, Courtney. They, they don't uh, want to know how you think they should do it. <laughs> nope. It sucks. Yeah. Uh, so they never talked again after that. Uh-huh. Tim told police that he had tried to get a hold of Linda a few times during the week, but she never returned his calls. When he asked Becky where Linda was, she told him she had gone by the house a few times to check on Linda, but she wasn't home. Becky knew that Linda was planning to go up to Rendell's and might have decided to stay a few days. Rendell lived in a very remote area, which was known to have terrible cell service. They decided that's why Linda wasn't getting back to them. Mm. Police brought Rendell in for questioning, and he told authorities that he and Linda had known each other for decades and had even dated back in the day. It turned out that Linda had been dating both Rendell and Philip at the same time, but when things got serious with Philip, Linda called off her relationship with Rendell. Mm-hmm. Years later, she would express to friends that she regretted her choice and wished she could go back and pick Rendell, the one who got away. Yep. I don't have the, I don't have one of those. I'm I'm very happy <laughs> yeah. to have released them all into the the wild. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. You got there. the one that you want to keep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I no regrets. No regrets. Love no. love them all. Love all yes. the, the ones out wild and around out there without me. But yeah, you ended in the right spot. Definitely. Definitely. I'm very very glad of that. Just four weeks before Linda was murdered, the two had reconnected and picked things up where they'd left off. 
Rundle said the night Linda got back from her trip to D.C., she called him late around 11.30 p.m. and asked him to come over. He agreed and spent the night with her. He left early the next morning at 7 a.m. and told police that they hugged and kissed goodbye, happy to be together again. When he left, he swore Linda was alive and well. He said he texted Linda multiple times that week but never heard back from her, and he assumed she was just busy and that she would get back to him soon. Hmm. Rumors started to swirl big time when just two days after Linda was found, another state senator from Oklahoma, Uh-oh. which is just one of the neighboring states to Arkansas, yeah. was found dead in his home. Weird. People started to speculate that maybe these were targeted hits on conservative Republican political leaders, which caused some to panic. It didn't help that local law enforcement had a gag order placed on the details of Linda's death just a day after the investigation started. And it was obviously big, big news in Arkansas. And so the the sheriff was like, we just had to like put a gag on it because otherwise we wouldn't have been able to keep anything secret at all. No, no investigation, everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, which makes sense. Total makes total sense. You know, he said that the biggest part of their job other than trying to investigate was crowd control. Trying to keep the media back. Yep. Many believe this was a sign of a government cover up of something much bigger. Even after the Oklahoma senator's death was ruled a suicide, many didn't believe it and thought these deaths were political hits. Some even speculated that Hillary Clinton had been the one to order the hit against Linda. Spoiler alert, it wasn't Hillary. I mean, Sadie, that's what what the mainstream media would like you to think. (laughs) So true. If you dig a little deeper. Yes. Have you heard of pizza stores? (laughs) I mean, nobody's feeling sorry for Hillary necessarily, but I feel really sorry for Hillary, <laughs> you know, simultaneously. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just, God. I feel bad for her that Bill came first. You know, mm-hmm. like her life would have been much different had she not been married to someone who became a president. You know, like or he basically. It, I, yeah. It's, a, it's just real hard to know with those two. It's just real hard to know. But yeah, I would just yeah. rather be hated for the shit that I did that's worth hating versus just a bunch of weird, rat, wacky bullshit that's not true. Right, you know, or for just like ha- being a woman. Yeah, <laughs> I'd the, rather be politics. hated for being a poli- yeah. a politician who does horrible mm-hmm. things because I'm a politician versus like you know bloodletting babies in pizza basements and shit. <sighs> God, it's like just yeah. just let me be like hated for regular stuff. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah, there's plenty there. Yes. As soon as Linda was found murdered, her friends and family all told detectives the same thing. The one person who would be able and willing to hurt Linda was her ex-husband, Philip Smith. Hmm. They all had a similar story to tell. At the time of Linda's death, she and Philip were still in the midst of a messy legal battle over the decisions made during the divorce. Philip, and who remember, he's a judge himself and was a lawyer, Mm -hmm. had won most of the property they shared and didn't have to pay her any alimony. Linda was angry and felt like she got the short end of the stick. She was so unhappy with the settlement that she appealed the decision, which made Philip very angry in return. Mm -hmm. He didn't want the legal battle to drag on longer than it already had. Authorities also learned that just before Linda filed for divorce, she had surprised Phil at his office and caught him looking at porn on his work computer. Whoops-a-daisy. This seemed to be the final straw for her, and when she filed for divorce, she was sure to include these allegations against Phil as one of the reasons she was leaving him. This led to an investigation by the Arkansas Judicial Discipline and Disability Commission, which found that Philip had used his work 
computer improperly. Because of this, he was forced to resign from the circuit court and was also told he could never be a judge in the state of Arkansas again. (laughs) Wow. God, take note, judges. No, no porn on the computer. Yeah. And I didn't bother to really like dig into the details of that, but like I would assume it was egregious. I I don't know. Maybe one porn viewing is enough to get you kicked out of judgeship in Arkansas completely, but I'm guessing it was probably more than <laughs> yeah. just like the occasional porn. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, that seems really intense. <laughs> <laughs> and I would be really angry too. If yeah. Now I'm super curious about that. what the, yeah. What, what is the line? Like what, what can you do on a judge computer and what can you not do on a judge computer? Yeah. You know, and maybe it is a hard line, like no porn, but I don't know. It seems extreme, but it is the South. Who knows? I'll look into it though, because that's interesting. Yeah. A lot of the articles, I mean, it even took some time for me to figure out what it was that he'd done exactly, because a lot of the articles just said that he misused company equipment or something. They put it in a way where they weren't willing to say that he looked at porn on his computer. (laughs) (laughs) So this was a huge blow to Philip and his career. Linda's son, Butch, told police that in the early 2000s, Linda had been very sick, but her doctors could not figure out the cause of her illness. Mm-hmm. After running a huge number of tests, they eventually found very high levels of mercury in her system, but could not figure out how it got in her body. Like she wasn't uh-huh. a super heavy duty fish eater or, right. you know, like any, she didn't have fillings that would have poisoned her with mercury, things like that. Right. At the time, Linda suspected Phil as the one that was poisoning her, but she had no proof and knew it would be an uphill battle because Phil himself was a judge and well-connected to the law enforcement system. They also heard from friends that she had been afraid of Philip. During their police interview, both Becky and Tim told authorities that they suspected Phil had been the one who killed Linda. Becky said that Philip even hit Linda on a few occasions and she witnessed it happen one time. Tim told detectives Linda asked him to help her pick out and install security cameras around her house to help keep her safe. When he asked her who she was afraid of, she said it was Phil. Hmm. To detectives, it seemed like plenty of motive for Philip to want to kill his ex-wife. When they talked to him, he denied having anything to do with Linda's murder and vehemently denied ever poisoning her or being abusive to her in any way. I didn't read this, but I'm also assuming that he lawyered up real fucking fast and refused to talk, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll tell so you, t- I'll, I'm happy to cooperate. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> no, He's like, I'm an attorney. Many, do you know how many <laughs> times I have? Yeah, I know how this works. Not yeah. happening. No, right? Yeah. Mm. No. In the interviews with police, it just, it doesn't even seem like they really tried very hard with him. They just knew, you know, like we asked him, he said no, then that was it because... Yeah. He has, a, yeah, like, yeah, no, just not going to happen. I just unlocked a new fear in myself, which is becoming a judge, having intimate knowledge of how the system really works, and then being on trial, knowing how the system works. Ugh, God. You know, and being like, yeah. wow, I'm rolling, I, this could, this could be this very sucks. bad. <laughs> like, if I yeah. get old Judge Phillips, then I'm fucked or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God. Yeah. So. Right. Well, and then you get sent to prison where you put all the inmates in yeah. prison. Oh, God. oh no. So thus ends my pursuit of judicial judge. Career. Yeah. <laughs> all 
All right, everybody, it's time to talk about our best friend forever, HelloFresh. Yes. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorsteps. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh now has 40 weekly recipes to choose from, so you can say bye-bye to your recipe rut and treat yourself and your family to exciting new flavors every week. No matter your lifestyle or meal preference, HelloFresh has recipes sure to please everyone at your table. From fit and wholesome to veggie or family-friendly, you'll always find something even the pickiest eaters will enjoy. And I am vegetarian, guys. It's really hard to find options as a vegetarian. And one of the reasons I have used HelloFresh for so long is that their vegetarian selection is phenomenal. It's delicious. It's fresh. It's super flavorful. And my wife is the opposite of a vegetarian. And she also loves all of the vegetarian options. Yeah. And I have a family of four with two young kids. Not only do they love it, it's super fast and easy. And they like to help me cook using the recipes. Takes all the guesswork out of it. And I also particularly love how little I waste using HelloFresh. That's Mm -hmm. a big pet peeve of mine. And it's nice to not just buy a bunch of ingredients, hoping I will smash them together somehow with HelloFresh. There's almost no waste. It's lovely. Yes. Go to HelloFresh.com slash theywill65 and use code theywill65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That is HelloFresh.com slash theywill65 and use code theywill65 for 65% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. For a reason. Endorsed by the Mm -hmm. X-Sisters. Take it from us. Take it from us. So at the time, there was no evidence to tie Phil to Linda's murder, so they let him go. The huge break in the case came just a few days after Linda was found when Linda's daughter, Tate, managed to log into her mom's email. I mean, I feel like Tate just, like, solved this whole crime herself. She's like, nope, that's blood. Nope, you keep going back to find mom. Nope, let's get in her email. Yep. Despite the fact that the surveillance cameras had been removed, Tate could see notifications from the surveillance company to her mom's email anytime the motion detectors were set off. Hmm. On the day authorities believed Linda was killed, there were multiple emails sent to alert Linda of movement in her house. It turned out the cameras had still been there the day she was killed. <gasps> oh, you're there kidding. Was, no. Ding dong to not know. take them out ahead of time. There was a chance they could still get access to the footage from the day, but authorities also learned that someone else had tried to log into Linda's security account after her death, and they guessed it was an attempt to delete the footage. Uh-huh. Police got a warrant that ordered the surveillance company to hand over any footage they had from the cameras. And much to their relief, the footage from that day was still available. The USB thumb drive with the footage arrived at the police station the same day as Linda's funeral. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
As her loved ones prepared for her wake, authorities were getting to the bottom of who killed Linda. Ah, I'm so curious. I'm so curious about this one. Mm-hmm. The footage showed Linda at home the afternoon of May 28th, the day after she arrived home from her trip. Becky arrived at Linda's with lunch, just as she had told police. The footage showed them talking and eating. It also showed Becky leave after lunch was over. Three hours later, the cameras on the outside of Linda's home managed to capture the terrible audio of Linda's last moments. Oh, God. It was reported that, and there was, I'm, I didn't even try to find it, but yeah. I don't think it's available. I hope it's not available. But it yeah. was reported that you could hear Linda screaming in pain and begging for her life as she oh, was God. brutally murdered. Oh, my God. The cameras also showed someone later that night sneaking around Linda's house, hiding under a white sheet so as to not no. be caught by the cameras. Oh. You want to see a screenshot? Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, God. I'm... I have chills, pre-chills, without even seeing it. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a a ghost under a sheet. Yeah. Yeah. It's the outside of the house. You can see the window and the wall, and there's somebody just, like, under a full-on white sheet. (laughs) Nope. Nope. I love, too, that they didn't just put on, like, sunglasses and a ball cap and a hoodie. (laughs) They just, like... Full ghost, just full right. childhood ghost, E.T. Mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. fuck that. So although the camera, I know, although the cameras did not catch Linda's murder on film, they did find what they needed. As detectives watched, they came across footage of the killer placing a large bloody knife into a bag. Ooh. The angle of the camera is from the ground looking up. At this point, the camera had been removed from the wall and had been placed inside the bag to be taken from the house. No way. The person on the footage was none other. The assistant. The assistant. Then Linda's supposed best friend, Becky O'Donnell. Pattern recognition. God. Yep. I knew it would be hard to get this one by you, but I tried. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the ex-husband did not look good. No. He did not. Not even good. a little bit. No. That most motive possible right there, which I'm mm-hmm. sure is why the bestie took the opportunity to kill her, knowing that mm-hmm. the husband mm-hmm. was going to get blamed for it. Yep. And had he not been a judge, I bet you that's how yep. what would have happened. Well, and the fact that there's just like an actual smoking gun in this case. Right. God. So... Police believed that once Becky removed the security cameras from the house, she thought they no longer worked and stopped right. hiding from them. Then you said, Elson. Yeah. I can't believe that she... So it was in the bag. She put it in the bag and then she showed her own self on the camera in the bag, right? That's yeah. what I'm I'll understanding. You, yes. I'm going to send you a screenshot. It's shocking, the, fo- <laughs> the footage. There's, and there's whole ass footage. I'm going to just send you a screenshot of part of that. But yeah, dude. It's like she's. Oh my god! You can, oh my and, god! Oh god! With a knife and oh no! Yeah, and as she moves like middle away, aged haircut and stuff. Ew. Yes. Yeah, as she moves away after she places the the knife in the bag, she moves away and turns, and she has a white purse on, um, <sighs> and the purse there's a huge spot of blood on the white purse. Oh my god! It's chilling. She's got like a purple top and these little black. Shorts on. I mean, everything about her is so middle aged and so uh, innocuous. Like innocuous is that the right word? But like, yes, you just non threatening. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that is chilling. That's a Isn't Stephen King movie. Yes. Yes. Absolutely so, so chilling. Scary. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So she thought she was she didn't need to hide from the cameras anymore, but they were still powered by batteries and caught her as she cleaned up the crime scene. If she had just placed the camera face down in the bag, it's not likely she would have been caught on camera. So obviously I will post these pictures on our social media, but there's a dateline worth watching just for the footage of her Ugh. cleaning up the crime scene. It is chilling. I also, based on the fact that she was out there in a sheet, it, it's really hard for me to imagine a man. <laughs> I thought the like, same thing. Right? Yes. So yes. that would be a very good way to frame a woman for murder. Mm-hmm. If you were a man would be to do something like that. That right. is yeah, like stereotypically th- like not a masculine choice yes. to make. Right? No, I thought the exact same thing. A man would like shoot the cameras with a gun or something to well, destroy like, it. Yeah, they would show up in sunglasses like a cool like a cool murderer outfit and not just a full childhood ghost (laughs) outfit you know yeah Yeah. well yeah and the way that you know like how i do my stories i was i well no i'd take it back i knew she killed linda the whole time but i thought the same thing when i saw the sheet (laughs) i was like trying to picture judge philip under the sheet like that's just not gonna happen no but it's scary to think about i mean that's really spooky to think about too like a judge under a sheet just anybody under a sheet is the scariest possible scenario but then yeah some middle-aged judge under there like oh god Mm -hmm. no Mm -hmm. i don't like it (laughs) no okay continue what was this crazy person's motive right police had just enough time to arrest becky on her way to the funeral Wow. So they knew at this point that she was the killer, uh, but they had to wait for the arrest warrant. And so the police were like out front of her house, knowing, trying to keep her from going to the funeral, but they couldn't arrest her without the warrant. Oh, no. And so they're like following her to the funeral and then get word that the warrant came through so they could arrest her. Jesus. Body cam footage showed her sitting in jail, still in the dress she put on to say goodbye to Linda in. When word spread of Becky's arrest, everyone was shocked. Those who were close to Linda were so sure of Philip's guilt that Becky never crossed their minds. Mm-hmm. But she had been on the police's radar from the get-go. Becky and Tim were two of the first people detectives interviewed, and her story never really added up. Mm-hmm. Police were first suspicious when she just so happened to have lost her phone the day she was questioned by police. Yep. Detectives also noticed that despite her being very emotional during her interview, she cried no real tears. Every time, every time. Looking back, both Butch and Tate were suspicious of both Tim and Becky because they, quote, came out of nowhere after Linda's divorce. Suddenly they were an integral part of Linda's life, both Uh professionally and personally. Uh Linda even gave Tim power of attorney over her estate so he could handle her affairs when she was out of town. Yeah, no good. Not good. No. And the kids were like, you know, it took us years of showing our mom that she could trust us before she let us, like, handle the money at the hotel. Or Sure. She was like, I don't know how. I don't know how they Well, she's vulnerable. It's like fresh new Mm -hmm. divorce, like new lease on life. Probably, yeah, There's it's that's like the most perfect time to to spraying. To spraying it. (laughs) To spraying on somebody. Yeah. I'm not surprised. No. So Butch also told police that in the days leading up to Linda's murder, money started to disappear from their grandfather's account, which Linda had access to. Shit. So no one believed that she would steal from her own father. 
but they found checks withdrawing money from Linda's dad's account signed with Linda's name, Mm -hmm. but it was clear that it wasn't Linda's handwriting. Mm -hmm. And so police asked Becky in those first interviews about the money and she said, oh yeah, Linda asked me to write the checks and sign her name for her, which is illegal. You can't do that. Right. As police investigated Linda's finances, they believed that Becky stole more than $50,000 from her. This included gold jewelry and some solid gold bars that had gone missing from Linda's home a few days before she was murdered. Yeah, that was part of the divorce settlement. And so Judge Philip knew that that she had gold and he was expecting to get half of it back. Mm -hmm. And when the murder investigation started, they could only find one half of the gold. <laughs> so Fucking South like, is wild, man. They're just like... You know, who has like, gold bars in their house? Exhibit 11, uh, the gold clank, just gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they found proof that Becky brought the gold to pawn shops around the state. Oh my God. It. Lady, come on. I, I mean, I gold bars, that's like... Take it to Miami or something, you know? Bury like, it in a chest like a pirate. Call, take I mean, it to like, Saudi Arabia. I don't even know what you do with gold bars. You don't take it to a local pawn shop? Are you no. out of your well, ever-loving mind? Right. Cost of gold is just going up. Just wait a minute. <sighs> well, just don't take it to a pawn shop. To, right. God. No. Yeah. I don't know what you do with it, but you certainly don't. Right. Is anyone it coming here uh, trying to sell some gold bars? Yes, oh, a- yeah. actually, 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you're a pawn shop owner... And someone comes and trying to sell gold bars, you're probably going to call the police, would be my guess. Right. <laughs> so authorities believe that Becky had been stealing from Linda for years, but mostly stole money from the motels that Becky managed. Uh-huh. It wasn't until Becky became more bold and started stealing from Linda and her dad that Linda became suspicious. Shit. They think that Linda finally confronted Becky and Becky stabbed Linda in a fit of rage, killing her. God. Becky had been arrested before for theft and had been put on probation. She had also been accused of trying to arrange the murder of her first husband in 2007. Wow. Greed is a motherfucker, man. Thieves are yes. nuts. Like if you're, yes. if you're thieving out of desperation, if you're thieving to like feed your family or, you mm-hmm. know, protect your family, that's one thing. But just straight up crazy, crazy murderous greed is something I will never understand. No, no and Becky had it made. If she had just stuck close to Linda... Linda yep. was a total go-getter. Getting ready to ha- be a lobbyist. Yeah. She was going to make plenty of money. She was going to always need an assistant. Yep. Like, had she just been an honest, like, good friend and worked with her, Linda, she would have been made plenty of money. I have no doubt about it. Like, well, stop it's about stealing. that, though. Yeah. I know. I know. But it's just like, God, you guys. Yep. Get yep. a real job. Spend they don't your want time. to. They don't want it. They just want no, to get like the, the rush of, of stealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or manipulating or having power over their people. Yeah. It's never about that, which is crazy. Yep. Uh, So in 2007, her husband at the time went to police and told them that a mutual friend of theirs had come to him and said that Becky had offered them $50,000 to kill her husband. Shit. But the friend had refused. When police questioned Becky, she told them that she had said those things and that she wanted, she said she wanted to kill her husband, but she'd been drunk at the time and wasn't serious. Uh Her husband filed for divorce, but no charges were ever brought against her. This happened all in the same little town of Pocahontas. And the sheriff even remembered Becky and the accusations against her. He said that he met Linda. Everybody knew Linda. Right. 
where the sheriff went to one of her like campaign parties or whatever, and Becky was there, and mm. Linda introduced Becky to the sheriff, and the sheriff was like, "Oh, I know Becky." <laughs> like, God, that's the crazy. And he was like, "I didn't know how the two got involved with each other." He said, "But I didn't. I was not happy to see that Becky and Linda were friends, mm-hmm. but he couldn't say anything about it, right? Like, you can't. right? No." So then when Linda came up murdered, the sheriff was like immediately suspected Becky because of what he knew about her from her past. Wild. Yep. Yep. So Becky was arrested and charged with first degree murder. If found guilty, it was possible Becky could face a death penalty. She pleaded not guilty and would sit in jail while she waited for her trial to start. Despite the overwhelming evidence against her, seven months after Becky's arrest, two cellmates of Becky's went to police to tell them that Becky had tried to talk them into killing Linda's ex-husband, Philip, and his new wife. Mm. She wanted them to make it look like a murder-suicide and then (sighs) plant a note from Phil admitting to the murder of Linda. These motherfuckers. God. That, yeah. yeah. Man, when people do that, I, oof. But if you got nothing to lose, if you're facing the death penalty, why not like triple down and see what happens? See if you can get away with it. Right. But like, how is she going to like get, excuse away the video of her cleaning up the crime scene? Right. Like, (laughs) there's still that part of it. She still concealed a dead body. And, you know, anyway, not. Yeah. Well, because things like that happen all the time. All the time. People are saying things right in front of our faces on television, on camera, Mm -hmm. and we're still somehow like excusing the things that they're saying regularly or doing. Right. It's wild. Human beings are wild. Yep. So she also wanted them to kill the judge and the prosecutor on her case. Oh my God. And to destroy any evidence law enforcement might have against her, like blow up evidence <laughs> rooms, pound lot or whatever, like just get rid of it, like explode the jail, the Jesus police force. What is it called? Station, the police yeah. station. <laughs> so more charges were added to her first degree murder charge. And in the end, Becky decided to take a plea deal. <laughs> like, no I'm sorry. I can't. I, it's not funny. This woman is insane. She almost killed many, many people. But yeah, she actually did kill one. Yeah. <sighs> I've said this before. I will say it forever. I get shaky if I write a assertive email, let yes. alone plotting to blow up a police station after killing a senator and attempting to kill a ju- Like what? How? Yeah. Where does it come right. from? Where right. does that come from? I don't know. Ugh. So on August 7th, 2020, Becky pleaded guilty to Linda's murder and was sentenced to 43 years in prison. During her sentencing hearing, Becky told the judge that she had been the one to kill Linda and pleaded no contest for the solicitation to commit murder for trying to arrange Phil and his wife's murder. Wild. I can't believe 43 years does not sound like a lot for all the things that this lady has done. Right. I guess that's yeah. how plea deals work. And how old is right. she? Um, you know, I don't know if I ever got that information. She she was probably in her fifties, right? So it's still kind of a life sentence. Yeah, yeah, definitely a life sentence. And the thing that the, her Linda's family really, really wanted her to be put to death, like yeah. to get the death penalty. But the prosecutors, you have to have premeditation to get uh-huh. the death penalty, and they were like, "We don't have any right. indication that she had planned this." It right. seems it wasn't a definitely that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happened in the moment. Is what it seems like. You know, right. Becky, I don't think had planned to kill 
Linda that day. It just happened. Well, and if um, anybody listening is in their 40s or 50s, we all can agree that taken outside of your comfy little bubble of skin creams and fucking supplements and pills and <laughs> melatonins and <laughs> like the socks that you prefer and at, like all the things you want. More than seven days outside of that is a death sentence. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's a life sentence. So totally, especially you, for somebody like Becky, who just, you know, like everybody should go watch. There's footage of her interview mm-hmm. with police, like audio. And uh, she's just, she's never had a care. In her, the, she's always talked her way out of everything. Everybody yep. assumes because of the way she looks and how she acts and she's yep. a white woman in a little town in Arkansas. Like nobody would ever suspect that she was diabolical, blown, fuck. sociopathic yeah. stealer and murderer. Yep. You know? And so they're and the, the detectives are playing the part like, Oh, it's a, it's okay, honey. It's okay. We under you. This must be devastating for you. Mm-hmm. It really is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so no charges were ever brought against Becky's fiance, Tim. And detectives on the case said they never came across any evidence to show that he was involved in the theft of Linda's money or her murder. I'm so sorry. I just pictured her asking the guards for like those water, flavoring water things that you flavor. (laughs) Crystal light? Yeah, or like the the updated (laughs) version of them. You know, those little squeezy bottles that you squeeze your flavors into. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like... Yeah, she's not going to last long totally without is. that. No. <laughs> Excuse totally. me, guard. Excuse me. Excuse me. I need I need wax coated black, uh, black, tooth floss, please. Yeah, do you have the black cherry Vivio? In the, no. Uh, I mean, if you've got a strawberry lemonade, that'll do. But I really love my black cherry. Yeah, she's not doing well. I guarantee it. No, she's not doing no. well in there. Either that or she's like the ringleader. She's like uh, mama of the prison. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to give her that power in my mind, but yes, right. probably. Yes. Totally. Mm-hmm. She's she's like the the character in Euphoria, the teacher. Ugh, God. AKA the scariest character ever written. The sex yes. trafficking, drug tra- yes. trafficking teacher. That's yes. her. Yep. She's Ooh. in there ring, ring lean, lean it. The. So Becky never gave a reason for killing Linda and never told anyone exactly what happened the day that Linda was murdered. But Linda's family is able to move on knowing that they got justice for someone they loved dearly and that Linda lived her life to the fullest doing things she really believed in. And that is a terrible murder of wow. Linda Collins Smith. You took us some places with this one, Eck, that nobody wanted to go. Some visuals. Right? Some <laughs> sorry. Good God. That is yeah. that is some shit. Do you yeah, guys just well, wait till you see this picture of her in the bag? Ugh, in ugh, the bag. Yeah, in the bag. <laughs> no, I'll figure out how. I know a lot of our listeners listen on Patreon. I'll figure out how to post more pictures somehow there. Yeah, but yeah. If not, just head over to our Instagram. God, because it's worth looking. It's yeah, it's yeah, truly there's, truly horrifying. I know. I I heard about this case and they were leading me to believe there was like a QAnon conspiracy mm-hmm. and that that and so that's what perked my interest mm-hmm. <laughs> and then i was like oh no the woman in the sheet that's really what i'm here for like what the fuck what the fuck is <sighs> becky a parent do you know i don't think so oh, if so i hope not i yeah. hope not yeah I, I honestly didn't find a lot about her background and mm-hmm. i didn't really care to look more but yeah I, i'm not sure if she was a mom or not i didn't hear about her 
Like it just sort of feel, felt like she was floating out there in space, like would attach herself to men here and there. And Right. Tim was interviewed in the Dateline episode quite a bit, and he, mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know, but he seemed believable that he really had no idea. Yeah. That he really was just a friend of Linda. Right. Either that or he's a good liar too, but no evidence that he helped kill her or conceal her body. And it makes sense too that Becky could get Linda's body as far as the driveway and then couldn't really do anything about it and couldn't really clean up. Or somebody showed uh, up. Yeah. 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 And they found a lot of evidence that Becky had been the one to steal, but never, never Tim. So I think he might have just been a victim in an all too. Fuck. God. Yeah. So... Ugh. There you go. I'm telling you, though, man, just learn from Selena. It's always the, uh, it's always the unsuspecting, unsuspecting fan. assistant person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ew. Yep. Terrifying, I scary. Know. No, thank you. New fear unlocked. Definitely going to write a horror story about it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's just so, I mean, like, it's so, so unfair on so many levels. But I also feel like that if Linda had been prepared for a fight, if Becky hadn't just completely caught her unawares, like Linda would have kicked her ass. No doubt about it. Yep. And she didn't get the opportunity. Oh, God. Her poor family. That sucks. So sad. (sighs) I just can't imagine, too, like you're, you know, it's like with cults or, oh, my God, you guys. Speaking of which, I keep meaning to make this recommendation. The Hulu documentary. I'm so sorry to take a quick hard right, but I don't want to forget. That Hulu documentary about the Smith or no, I'm sorry, the Sarah Lawrence sex cult. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Have, did you watch that? No, but I've seen it. I need to watch it. It is, uh, this is not hyperbole. It might be the most upsetting thing I've seen, like documentary about something like that I've ever seen. Really? Is, that's all I'm going to say. Like, I'd, uh, Laura and I had the same opinion. We were like, we thought this was just a thing, a weird thing that happened in dorms, which is t- super traumatizing, but... Like this was something that went on for six months. Uh-uh. No. Whoa. Holy wow. fuck. No. It's shocking. It is shocking. <laughs> like. Okay. Yeah. I'll yeah. watch it. No one is prepared for what they're going to see on that documentary. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds terrible. It's terrible. It is. There's so many different sides of terrible to this. So, yeah, watch it and we'll talk about it. But, um. Watching it and watching these families not have access to their family members as they're being, like, preyed upon. Mm-mm. Crazy preyed upon. Mm-mm. No, thanks. And then, yeah, the poor kids, just knowing that this woman just targeted their mom and went after her and there's just nothing they could do about it. Killed her and left her in a fucking driveway for a week. Like, uh, get out of here with that. That's so sad. So sad. It really yeah. is so sad. So fuck that. Thank you for telling that horrible story. And uh, you're all going to enjoy these fresh new nightmares that you're going to get when you see the (laughs) pictures of the sheet attack and the fucking bag image. No. Uh Uh Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, it's something else, man. Well, should we uh, do some names? Yeah. Name time. Let's take a big old trip into name time. That's not the name time song. This is the name time song. It's name time. Okay, everybody. Here we go. Taylor Shabizness. 
lunged. <laughs> this is one whole sentence. Taylor Shabiznis lunged at attorney Quinn Jolly. <laughs> All one sentence. Thank you, listener. Taylor Shabiznis lunged at attorney Quinn Jolly. Jara Dix. Yep. Um, I, Jara Dix. Jara Dix. <laughs> Uh, there's a family. Someone had knew a family. There were six kids: Wayne, Dwayne, Chantel, Chantel, Charmaine, and Nikita. I yes. love every time. I love it when they're like, same name, same name, same name, Nikita. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love it. Like what? 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 Why did Nikita get Nikita? Nobody knows. Um, there's a painter, fam- very famous painter. Uh, I did a Patreon episode about Jariah Hildewine, who was one of my classmates mm-hmm. in college. He was a painter and his hero, it just I just remembered this this week. His hero is a painter called named Odd Nerdrum. Odd <laughs> Nerdrum. Wow. It, which is his given name. Wow. And he paints these very, very dark, beautiful, fucked up paintings. And uh, his name is Odd Nerdrum. And I always assumed that he'd given himself that name. No, no, no. Nope. Odd. He's Swedish. Odd was born Odd Nerdrum. So <laughs> Interesting. he had one job to do and he did it. He's like, I have to grow up and paint the scariest shit you've ever seen. And so he did. <laughs> uh, so it sent me a picture of a street sign in their town, uh, the corner of Kitchen Dick and Woodcock. <laughs> <laughs> Kitchen Dick. <laughs> and Woodcock. And they said apparently sometimes they scratch the K off and so it says itch and dick. <laughs> we got a DDS this week. It's not really, it's a DMD, but I'm going to call him D- DDS because he's a dentist and everyone knows how much I love a DDS. Dr. Major Butt DDX. DDS. <laughs> and it's Reminds me, like, I need to make a dentist appointment soon. Yeah, I do too. Well, and it's so funny because I'm doing a... I put a, put a notice up on my local next door because I love next door, but I'm trying to find an office space to shoot in for a short film. And uh, this, de- this dentist wrote to me and she was so nice. And she's like, you know, you're welcome to use our dental office. And I was like, that's so nice. I can't, it's not going to work. But I went to her Facebook page and it's all these like trans pride flags and shit all over. I was like, fuck yes. it, found my new dentist. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Yeah. That's awesome. Right? It's like, and she's all, she looks like, like a Disney princess, got this long red hair and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to the, LGBT plus fucking positive Disney princess dentist. What? You exist? Yeah. Who like works out of a Victorian mansion? Like, fuck, what? Yes. Best case scenario. All right. Our, our local chamber of commerce member of same, same next door thread, our local chamber of commerce member, Stephen Wine wrote to me. Mm. Steve Wine. Okay, somebody says, some years ago before the war in Ukraine, I was interviewing for a job in Moscow. The recruiter's name was Alina Vagina. (laughs) And this listener says, as a gay man, many friends made fun of me for turning down a job from a vagina. (laughs) Alina was (laughs) By the way. Is that a uh, common surname, I wonder, (laughs) in Moscow? I, I cannot believe it's not come on our radar sooner. So maybe people are over there adjusting that last name as <laughs> as the world modernizes. Right. It's like like my favorite restaurant in Naples, Florida, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can name it you can name it whatever you want. And you went with Virginia. Right. Um some some you some kids were watching a YouTube video. This one has come come up before, but 
a man named Thomas Crapper invented the U-bend pipe that is used in modern toilets. And I don't know that we got the bit of information that Thomas Crapper specifically invented the U-bend pipe, Mm -hmm. but let's bring Thomas Crapper back because that is a man who needs to be celebrated and honored. Uh, Someone was reviewing APA format in college research class, and there was a reference to a Dr. Richard Teeth. (laughs) 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 Just Dr. Teeth alone, but then Dr. Uh, Dick Teeth is fucking fantastic. so scary. Fantastic. (laughs) There's vagina vagina dentata, and then there's also Dick Teeth. Dick Teeth. Oh, so I rewatched the movie Hoosiers this week because it was filmed in our hometown, in my in our in our school, my elementary school, my in my first grade classroom. Barbara Hershey's classroom was my classroom, so I don't I don't think everyone knows that we've brushed so close to stardom. <laughs> <laughs> we arrived aged seven. It's been all downhill from there. Yeah, no. So I rewatched it because it's been years. Uh, great movie, very sweet. And uh, I was looking up, because I couldn't remember, I, th- I was like, I think this was based on a true story. You know, this basketball team of like five yeah. guys from the middle of fucking nowhere won the state championships. Sure enough, it was. And uh, the star player, for real, the real star player's name was Bobby Plump. Oh. <laughs> uh, our mother texted us. She was listening to an interview with Burt Bacharach. And Nathan Lipschitz. Not the same Lipschitz, <laughs> never, ever gets old. And never. Uh, she reminded us of a story that she told a lot in her childhood when she worked at a nursing home. And on her first day, there was a man named Sammy Lipschitz, stark naked, pointing in the air and saying over and over again, Sammy Lipschitz, number a nine. <laughs> uh, and that's it, you guys. That's- oh, wait, there was one more. Wasn't there? I sent you one. Let me find it. Oh yeah, you sent it to me last night. Bobby, 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 Joe, no. Cooter or something. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. Yep. The Colts uh, are expected to hire Jim Bob Cooter as Jim offensive Bob Cooter. coordinator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jim Bob Cooter. That's it, That's y'all. It. So that is it. Uh, do we have time for shout outs? I have five minutes before. Yeah, let's do two shout outs. Sorry, guys, we're running a yeah. little late. So he's got to go pick up her kiddo. Let's do two of them. All right. Thank you so much to all of you who support us over on Patreon. You can do it too. Little as $5 a month gets you a bonus weekly episode. Yeah. We and are getting ready to do a hangout on April 7th, which yep. happens to be Good Friday, which yep. I did not know until we scheduled it. So come. Celebrate Good Friday with us. <laughs> yeah, I don't entirely know what Good Friday entails, but we will <laughs> do that's that. That's when Jesus was crucified. Yeah, but do you rose. do like a, any rituals? I have like Ash Wednesday, there's Fish Fat Tuesday. I don't know. Do you eat fish on Good Friday? Does en- you don't Lent eat fish? end? Does Lent, Lent end? That yeah. might be it. Lent ends on Good Friday, oh, so y'all can come maybe. and break, break your fasts with us. That's right. That's right. My neighbor suggested um, that she come up with a they will kill a cocktail recipe. Mm. Mm. So if she does that, she's a bartender in her former life, then we will share it with you. We will con- we will put together a alcoholic and non-alcoholic recipe for us Shit, all to enjoy yeah. together. Yes. Um, but yeah, come on over. If you join now, you still have time to come and hang out with us in person on our computers. Yep. 
Yeah, Lent does end on Good Friday. So sweet. Can, yeah, eat Party. your chocolates, eat your meats, eat your alcohols, whatever you're whatever you're needing to bring back into your life on Good Friday. <laughs> Uh, you know who can come to our party if they so choose. Who? Thank you so much to Becca E. Becca Emergency. I got a real one for you, Becky. <laughs> Today I need you to know that it's time for you to grow and change and be your full self-emergency style. Don't let them tell you not to be. They don't understand you, but they cannot see that you are the one that is so unique and so brave and powerful. They cannot see it because it makes them feel bad about themselves, but fuck. <laughs> also that's good I thank need that you message <laughs> i want to publicly acknowledge i i edited in a little disclaimer before suzanne g's rap last week which remains top five favorite shouty outies i've ever done i immediately named her susan g <laughs> and I, I apologize for that but i want to officially again apologize to suzanne g <laughs> Sadie has not had her gain on her microphone up loud enough, we realized this morning. And so uh, I am, I apologize. I did not mean to disrespect and I didn't want to redo it because... It was too good. Yeah. yeah. So apologies, Suzanne G. You are amazing. <laughs> and your name is Suzanne, not Susan. <laughs> Publicly acknowledged. Thank you. Oh, last but not least. Yeah. Because it's a quick one this yes. week. Thank you so much to Abby H., Abby, here you are in front of me. I don't know why this one is a him, but maybe we'll take <laughs> it in a different direction. Abby H, Abby H, having a time of her life on the streets, taking a doubt and doing the steps and showing the people how it's done, <laughs> twirling around and do another little jiving step. And then she does a round off back handspring just to prove the point that Abby H stands for what Abby H has. Abby H has moxie and vigor and vim and extraordinary intelligence. And also she has everything she needs to succeed inside of her. <laughs> we love you guys so much. We love you so much. Thank if you, you for being here. Very thank you. If you want to spend more time with us, go to our Instagram, our Twitter, our or not really Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, <laughs> at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com, and you can always email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, check to make sure that you're putting the podcast on. Yep. Make sure you got that part because otherwise we aren't getting your emails. Precisely. Thank you, AJ Bergans, for your music. I will Thank be there in so a couple much. days. You better get ready. Yeah, you're getting served. For the papers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and remember, I uh, just, re I just realized the other day that I don't know what any of my grown friends handwriting looks and it really freaked oh. me out a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. it was such a part of who we were as children. Like there was just so much that went into seeing someone else's handwriting and knowing things about them. And I don't know what any of my friends handwriting looks like. I might just start bringing it, 
notepad around and having people write stuff down for me so that I can have my mind blown. Because I, I have these images in my head of what their handwriting looks like, but I don't actually know. Isn't that weird? Huh. That is weird. Yeah. Never thought of that, but now, I my, I, now I'm haunted by it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then like my younger millennial friends, do they know how, do they know cursive? You know, like what's the cutoff? Probably Gen Z, but maybe millennials. Yeah, I don't know. There was a, uh, I work in an uh, antique shop yeah. here in my little town and they had elementary school kids send thank you notes to the local businesses for some reason. And the child who was in fourth grade wrote in cursive wrote the note in cursive and I was like, oh, whoa, look at that. And I was like, I wonder if was she taught that gonna, in school or did she decide she wanted to learn it on her own? I'm going to guess decided because how excited yeah. were we to learn how to write in cursive? It was like so much. Well, yeah, my oldest. It was yeah, like going was to eight. France or something, you know? Yes. Yeah. My eight-year-old my eight is like, when will I learn how to do cursive? And I was like, I honestly don't know that you will yeah. in school. So I, he he's going to be the type that I go get him like a cursive book and he teaches yeah. himself how to write it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. like, I can't wait to be able to read what that says, which is so funny. But also, yeah, it's like fucking taking a trip to Europe, backpacking for a month <laughs> in Europe or learning cursive. Same different, right. same thing. Yes. <laughs> totally. Same. Yeah. Uh, well, we love you. We love you Go so much. Figure out what you're, I was thinking the other day that I got a, my grandmother was the last person whose phone number I had memorized still, mm -hmm. like current phone numbers. And uh, not even Ryan's. Like, I don't know. I don't know people's phone numbers. And if I don't no. have my phone on me, then I'm screwed if I have to try to. But like, who do I, how do I call them? Anyway. Yeah. Um, I was picking up a prescription for Ryan and I had to know his phone number. And I was really embarrassed, like pulling out my phone and like <laughs> looking it up. Totally. And the pharmacist or whatever the tech was looking at me. And I was like, I don't who Like, I don't I know he's my husband, but I don't know his phone number. <laughs> no, I only know Laura's because I use it for our our supermarket card <laughs> right i use her supermarket well, his, card yeah <laughs> he i have his uh phone number memorized from when we lived in portland i know that one mm -hmm. but then he changed it to be local when we moved here and then it was so confusing it's like all the same numbers but all different in yeah. like mixed up in stupid order and there isn't any way for my brain to like latch on to that the way that it is and so anyway just yeah. haven't tried can't do it right Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I, they're, yep. th these things are fading. They're fading. <laughs> help me. Help us. Help, help us. me. <laughs> Goodbye. We, we love you. <laughs> I don't know what your handwriting looks like. <laughs> I can't. My, my handwriting looks like garbage. That is mine. It's really weird. <laughs> we love you guys. We love you so much. We'll, we'll see, see you real soon. soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Where's the thing? All right. Go get your child. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.